a sweet spirit. What a sweet spirit. hymn writer would say sweet Holy Spirit sweet heavenly dove <laughs> oh God right here with us filling us with your love <laughs> that's what the old saints would say and for these blessings. <laughs> we lived <laughs> Ooh, and with a doubt we know that we have been revived. When we will, we shall leave. Uh, my, 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 my. Sister Greta, can you sing that just a little bit? You can sing it better than I can. Sweet Holy Spirit.
writer would say, and he walks with me. And he talks with me. And the good news is he tells me <laughs> that I'm his own. And the joy we share as we tarry there, no other has ever known. Mm. I'm gonna clap those hands one more time. You want him to wreck a whole church, I tell you. My, my, my. Good morning, Hope Well. Those that are watching online and via Facebook Live and YouTube, thank you so much for tuning in to the Hope Well experience. I hope and pray that you can feel what we are feeling in this place right now. In fact, you still got time to make your way to 400 East Main Street in Carbondale, Illinois. If you're anywhere around the city, I would, if I was you, I will get my face in the place. Those in person, can you help me praise, praise God for our online audience that is tuning in this morning? And to all of our first-time guests, if we have any first-time guests or this is your first time of worship with the world, just wave at me this morning. This is your very first time, very first time. Amen. We got two. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much for coming to worship with us. And one of our ushers is going to give you a connections card. If you can fill that out in its entirety and then place it in the offering basket um, during our offertory time, we will greatly appreciate that. It's our way to be able to connect with you, our point of contact, um, just to be able to say thank you for coming to worship with us because you could be anywhere else, but we're so glad that God orchestrated your steps for you to be here with us at the world. Come on, help, well, help me praise God again for all of our first-time guests. Amen, amen. Today is Domestic Violence Breast Cancer Awareness Sunday. Everybody's looking so good in your pink and your purple. In fact, if you're watching online and you're representing your pink and purple, go ahead and take a picture and tag us in it uh, so that we'll know that you're... Uh, so that we'll know that you're with us in this as well um, as we're bringing awareness to domestic violence and breast cancer awareness. Pastor, why, why do this? Why do this? Because I believe that um, if Jesus was here on the earth, those things that matter to us would matter to him as well. Our concern should not just be that we have a one-way ticket to heaven, but I believe God wants that as well for our souls to be saved. Um, but he's also interested in how we are navigating and living while we're here on earth. Domestic abuse, also known as domestic violence or intimate partner violence, um, defined by the UN.org, can be defined as a pattern of behavior in any relationship that is used to gain or maintain power and control over an intimate partner. Abuse can be physical, sexual, emotional, psychological, economic or threats of actions that can influence another person. This includes any behaviors that frightens, intimidates, terrorize, manipulate, hurt, humiliate, blame, injure, or wound someone. Domestic violence can happen to men as well as women. It can happen to anyone of any race, any age, any sexual orientation, any religion, or gender. It can occur, it can occur within a range of relationships including couples that are married, living together, or dating. Domestic violence affects people of all social, um, social economic backgrounds and educational levels. 
And so we're wearing purple today for those that are suffering in silence. Some that have lost their lives because of domestic violence. No one on the outside, never knowing what was going on, not knowing how to be able to reach out for help. You would be amazed at how some people would take the word of God and manipulate it and twist it and turn it around to use it for their own personal evil purposes to gain authority over someone else. We bring awareness to this today because there are people that come in Sunday after Sunday, week after week, and we don't know that they're suffering in silence because we know how to dress the part. We know how to look real good. How to, how, we know how to cover stuff up. We know how to make you ask me to say praise the Lord. I know how to respond back with saying praise the Lord, but not knowing that underneath that praise the Lord, there's hurt, there's pain, there's suffering, and they don't know how to be able to get out. There are some pastors that will encourage and, 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 and tell wives that are in abusive marriages to stay and pray for your husband. And that'll offer them a way of escape and tell them to get out to save their lives and the lives of their children. So we stand today in solidarity with those that are suffering in silence. And it may be someone today that's in the sanctuary, it may be someone that's watching right now. After service in the hallway, Nancy Maxwell from the Survivors Empowerment Center right here in Carbondale, formerly known as the Women's Center, is here with resources to be able to uh, let you know that there is a way of escape. There is a way out. You don't have to stay in that. I don't care what they say that, hey, I love you. No, 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 no. Love is patient and kind. Love is not abusive. Love does not manipulate. Love not get physical in the way that brings harm to another. There is a way for you to be able to get out. There is a way of escape and you don't have to stay right where you are. We wear pink today in solidarity with those that are fighting a disease called breast cancer. We wear pink today as a church in honor of Mother Kathleen J. Calvert who no longer has to worry about the different treatments. Now, she's healed from everything. According to Breast Cancer Prevention Partners, breast cancer affects more women than any type of cancer and is the leading cause of cancer-related deaths amongst women. A, 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 a a U.S. woman's life's lifetime risk of breast cancer is one in eight. Breast cancer has the high mortality rate for any woman. Uh, start over. Breast cancer has the highest uh, morality rate of any cancer in women between the ages of 20 and 59. African American women have a 31 percent breast cancer mort mortality rate, the highest of any U.S. racial or ethnic group. Among women younger than 45, breast cancer is higher amongst African-American women than white women. Younger women in general, younger African-American women in particular, are more likely to be present with the disease that can soon turn very aggressive. Over the past 20 years, despite universal drops in mortality rates, they are seeing a rise in breast cancer in African-American women. In particular, between mortality rates for whites and blacks, 
have grown significantly. The mortality rates for black women diagnosed with breast cancer is 42% higher than the rate for white women. Triple negative breast cancer is diagnosed more often in African-American women of descent than in those of European descent in the United States. Carbondale, Southern Illinois has been blessed with an amazing cancer institute right here in our community. Yeah. I'm not just telling you what someone else has told me. I'm telling you what I've seen for myself. One of our members, the late Jeffrey J. Anderson, his battle with cancer, I will go with him sometimes in his treatment. And I saw that even though he was battling cancer, the way that they cared for him, the way that when he came in there, they did not just treat him as if he was a patient that had cancer. They treated him with dignity. They treated him with honor. They held conversations with him, even though knowing he wasn't feeling his best, they made him laugh. They talked to him. They got his mind off of the reality of what he was dealing with. They got to know him. They found out how funny Chief was. <laughs> they found out his background, what he did for a living. They knew about his family. They knew about Hopewell. I said, Chief, you be in here talking about Hopewell? Yeah. Today, Dr. Fanta from the SIH Southern Illinois Healthcare is here with us today to share resources for those that are battling breast cancer to let you know the different things that you need to be aware of so that you can be able to take care of themselves. As I said in previous weeks, that 10% of today's tithes and offering will be split between the SIH Foundation and the Survivors Empowerment Center. Yeah. So we just don't want to share in wearing the pink and the purple, but we want to share resources to help them to continue in what they're doing, to make sure that they have what they need to continue to provide the services that we need right here in our city and in our community. So in other words, the more you give, the more liberal you are today, the more generous we can be to the Survivors Empowerment Center and to the SIH Foundation. Can we give God praise for that? Hallelujah. Just as we were leaving Oakland Cemetery to say our last goodbyes to Mother Calvin, I got a, a phone call that one, a tiny woman, in fact, that was her nickname, Tiny, but a woman of great strength and power, our own elder LaDonna Hodges, went home to be with the Lord, took our breath away, Dirt wasn't even over mother yet. And I got the call from her daughter about Elder Hodges. Been some years since she's moved to Belleville to be closer to her family, but she made one thing certain. She said, Pastor, I'm not looking for another church once I get to Belleville. Hopewell's my church, and you're my pastor. She wasn't able to get here every week just from traveling. She had different health issues going on. But she was on the Sunday school line every Sunday morning. She was on there. Yes, 
a woman who could rightly divide the word of truth, who was an advocate for women in ministry. She will argue with any reverend, she will argue with any pastor about women's rights and their role in the house of God. She would tell some preachers, if she can clean the church, why can't she teach the Bible? <laughs> she was one that was a counselor. She was a mentor. She didn't look for a pulpit to preach. Her kitchen table was her pulpit. The pew after service was her pulpit. The hallway was her pulpit. The parking lot was her pulpit. If she saw you in Walmart and saw you far away, she'd just look at you and tell you to come here. Walmart was a pulpit. She used wherever she was to speak life and to encourage, to push. Called her the night that Mother Calvert had passed and she shared how different Sunday school would be and how she wouldn't be able to make the service. She said, Pastor, make sure you send me on obituary. I said, I got you, Granny. Not knowing that when I texted her yesterday morning that Granny, I put your obituary in the mail. Then now I know why I didn't get a response. A woman that I know for certain was ready to go. She'd been ready. She was born ready to go and meet the Lord. Can you imagine what heaven is like now? I can see Jeffro tickle and laughing away, seeing Mother Calvin come through the gate. What you doing here? And shoulders just a chuckling, moving. And then come Elder Hodges. What you doing here, Sister Hodges? Hopewell is a better place. Carbondale is a better place. Murfreesboro is a better place. Belleville is a better place. Southern Illinois is a better place. Because of Elder LaDonna Hodges. Our hearts are tender. Hearts, minds are, and emotions are all over the place. But the one thing I do know is that God is good. Oh, I wish I had a witness this morning. But even in grief, God is good. Even in suffering and affliction, God is good. Listen, our music ministry is coming back with just a snippet of a song and then we'll be back with the word of God. Can you help me praise God for our amazing music ministry as they come?
chapter 1 verses 3 and 4 Paul's letter to the Corinthian church Second Corinthians 1 3 and 4 so glad to have Evangelist Maxwell in the house this morning. Now, you know, you're in the wrong seat. Amen. That's my friend. All the way from Chicago. So supportive of our ministry. And just such a blessing. I'm so glad to look out and see the Hackneys in the house. Sister Michelle, Brother Tim. Love them so much. 2 Corinthians 1. 3 and 4. All praise to God. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful God. Merciful Father and the source of all comfort. He comforts us in all our troubles, some versions may say afflictions, so that we may comfort others when they are troubled. Get this, he's so intentional. We will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us I got to read that again because it sounds so good he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others when we are troubled we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us I want to use for a title this morning ministry for your misery ministry for your misery Eternal God, our Father, we thank you now. God, we plead the blood of Jesus over Mike right now. God, we ask and pray that his body will come under authority of your word. God, he's already healed by your stripes. So we thank you, Father, that he already has the victory. Be a common bomb to Miss Chanel, Father. Give them peace that surpasses all human understanding. And God, we pray now that as we come to your word, not even knowing what to ask, God, but you know what to give us even when we don't know what we need. So it's good news to know that you are the God of all comfort. 
that you comfort us in all of our troubles and all of our afflictions. And it's in the strong name of Jesus we pray and all of God's people said, before you take your seats, just fist bump your neighbor, elbow your neighbor, slap your neighbor upside the head. Don't do that because the fight will break out. We ain't got enough security. Amen. Just tell them it's so good to see him. So good to see him. Amen. Now, if somebody had really slapped somebody, it would have been trouble. Praise God. David says in Psalms 119 that verse 71, I shared this yesterday, Mother Cap was home going, that he had a perspective about pain and affliction. David said, despite how bad it may have been right now, despite how bad it is, despite how painful it could potentially be, David said, it was good for me that I was afflicted. How does one gain the perspective, Mr. Zetta, that it's good for me to have trouble? How does someone mature to the place, Brother AP, that it's good for me to experience Now, when Paul talks about it here in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, as he's talking to the church of Corinthians, he's, he's, speaking in, he's speaking directly to the persecutions that they are experiencing as believers of Jesus Christ. Those that his context of what he's speaking to them, we can take it and apply it to our lives and go back to what David says. How can it be good, Brother Ben, that I experience afflictions and, and, and pain, afflictions that are so heavy and that are so overwhelming that I don't have the strength to be able to handle them myself. David said it's because I learned through my afflictions how to depend upon the strength of God and not my own. David says I've learned, Minister Liam, through afflictions and pain and suffering how to find comfort in God's word. How does David mature to the place to make such a bold proclamation on Sandra that it was good for me to be afflicted? David was able to do that when he took his pain, Sister Michelle, when he took his suffering and he brought it under the lens of God's word. That helped him to be able to have a better perspective, Sister Houseford, about what he was experiencing and what he was going through. Because get this, if David and, and if you and I never, lead, never grow to the place to take our suffering and our pain and place it under the word of God, we will miss critical ministry opportunities. We like to use the scripture, Paul said, and he works all things together for my good. And we get excited and we shout, we'll tear a church up, but we fail to realize that in him working all things together for my good, he does not take the good and work it together for our good. 
That would be great. We could shout. We could run. We could holler. We could tell the church up. No, he takes the bad. He takes the disappointment. He takes the heartaches. He takes the sudden deaths of those that you love, Sister Candace, and he uses that and works it together for our good. And as he's working it together for our good, Coach, then, then it's up to us to be able to see the potential ministry opportunity because if we never take our troubles, if we never take our afflictions, if we never take our pain and place it under the lens of the word of God, as he's working things together for our good, Deacon, we will walk around with victim mindsets and miss what God wants to do in us and through us because we fail to allow the word of God to change our perspective about what we were experiencing in our lives. The word of God is not just to save your soul. The word of God is not just to make sure that you have a one-way ticket to heaven. The word of God is not just to help you live holy and to walk and, 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 and walk a holy life and pleasing to God. The word of God is there to help us to be able to keep our perspective on the word of God so that when trouble comes, we're not, we're not upset, we're not panicking, but we're asking God, God, how do you plan to use this pain for your glory and for your honor? I know it may not sound good this ain't gonna sound good it may not feel too good but it's true even in our pain and in our afflictions and in our suffering God is not after our comfort he's after his glory and he's looking to see if I allow you to become uncomfortable will you allow me space to be big in your life in this moment in this situation so that I can be glorified and magnified In other words, he's saying, if you will allow for your suffering to be a stage for me, I will show you that there is ministry for your misery. Paul talks to the saints. He says, all praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, God is our merciful Father. That right there can make you shout. And realizing that in him being, it's so good, it's so good, it's so good that he's our merciful Father because that means that he does not give us what we rightfully deserve. Because what we rightfully deserve was death. But out yonder on a hill called Calvary, he put everything that we had did Everything that we have said, everything that we have entertained, he put that on his son so that when he sees us, he can be able to extend mercy and not give us what we rightfully deserve. That's a good place to be able to shout that you realize all of us in here should be dead right about now. But it was the mercies of God and the faithfulness of God that we are not consumed, that we see every morning, every day, every day. Great is his that's a good place to be able to shout to realize that we have a merciful father who is not just the source of all of our comfort. Thank God that we serve a God that's not rough with us. Thank God that we serve a God that don't give us what we rightfully deserve. But he extends mercy after mercy after mercy after mercy. I don't know about anybody else, but I thank God that God's mercy has not ran out out of 37 years. I can only imagine how many times I've messed up. But even for my mistakes, even for something I did, intentionally and I knew that it was wrong that was mercy after mercy after
mercy after mercy and then after mercy was grace after grace after grace that came and covered me in the midst of myself. I wish I had a church that could be able to testify. I've been covered by the grace of God. I've been places I shouldn't have been. I've done stuff I shouldn't have done, but it was grace that covered me. Y'all cutting up too early. I got a long way to go. You're cutting up too. It was grace. Just have a flashback for a moment and realize it was grace. It was not your seatbelt. It was grace. It was not the condom. It was grace. It was not the test. It was grace. It was not the needle. It was grace. It was not the pill. It was the grace of God. So that's why, saints of God, when I come to the house of God, I can't be bougie, I can't be quiet, I can't be silent, because I think back on Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and here we are this Sunday, the grace that has brought me through all week. The reason why you ain't killed nobody is because of grace. The reason why you ain't cut no joker is because of grace. The reason why you haven't cursed nobody out is because of grace. You know they deserved it, but it was grace. You already had it planned out, but it was the grace of God that was covering you and them. Woo! It was grace. He says, God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. Here it is. There's ministry for our misery when we recognize that God is the source of comfort in all of our troubles. Here it is, Paul talking to persecuted believers that are going through suffering, that are going through trials and tribulations, that are going through things that they haven't even signed up for. And he uses it to let them know that God, who is merciful, is the source, get this, look at this, look at the scripture says, is the source in all of your, it's the source of all your comfort. I like what Paul does is because he does not point the people to him, he points the people to God. He reminds the people about who God is, that he's merciful, that he is the Father of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He reminds them of that, but he points the people back to God and letting them know that God is the one. I'm not, it's not me. I cannot be there because I may, Paul may have to go and write letters to other churches and go and visit other churches, but he lets them know that God is the one that you have to look to to be the source of all of your comfort. Here it is. I'm buckling your seat, but I'm about to say something that might make you mad. Whomever, whatever we turn to in times of trouble is our source of comfort. We live in a time that everyone wants to be exempt from suffering. We use the word as believers, persecution, and have no idea the weight that that word means. We think it's persecution. We think we're being persecuted when someone doesn't want to work with us in ministry. We think we're in persecution when someone takes our seat at church. 
we think we're in persecution because we didn't get our way with a certain ministry and now we want to be able to skip around in different churches and be upset and whine and tell on everybody else but never tell our part about what we did and getting stuff jumping off and started. We think that's persecution but when we go to other countries and people have to go to church in secret risking their lives in knowing that if folks find out that we are a believer, not only will our lives end, but our entire families will be taken out. And fathers and mothers and families have already made the decree that, listen, whatever the case may be, we're going to live for Christ and Christ alone. And if our lives are taken, little kids, and realizing if mommy or daddy's life, or if my life is taken as a little kid, I may not see them on this side, but I will see them on the other side. That is persecution. Whomever, whatever, we turn to in times of trouble is our source of comfort. Here's the sad reality of the state of some believers. That God is not our source of comfort. We know church. We come to church. We do church. But that's the farthest our relationship and walk with God goes. And because we know him just on a Sunday by Sunday basis, there's no real relationship, which means our, 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 our roots are not deep enough in our relationship with God. So when trouble comes, we return to the bottle. So when trouble comes, we turn to the devil's lettuce. Got to get my Ned Flanders on. I like Brother Ned. So then when trouble comes, we run and we overeat. So that when trouble comes, we don't look to God. We spend money that we don't have and we buy things that we don't need because we're looking for something to be able to fill a void. Knowing, Alicia, that it's only temporarily, but we just want some sense of relief. We will turn to sex. And once the thrill is gone and the hype is over, we're looking for the next victim to add to the body count. We're looking for everything outside of God, and we never fully find comfort because everything we put our comfort in is only temporary and not sustainable, but we have to remind ourselves to put our comfort in God, who is the source of all of our comfort. God would never fully be our source if there is no real relationship. And I'm sure the Hackneys wouldn't mind me saying this, and if you do, I apologize. A few months ago, they buried their daughter who was a victim of domestic violence, leaving behind three small kids, unanswered questions. But I saw her at the memorial service. Get up. Encouraging people to praise God. I sat there. Who is this woman? Standing here in grief. Encouraging people and telling people that God is good. When God is the source of all of your comfort and you have a relationship with God, 
You realize though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I won't fear any evil for God is with me. He's right there by my side me and his grace is sufficient enough to be able to walk with me and talk with me and tell me that I am his own. Does that, does that mean that she doesn't have moments? Absolutely not. She's the mother and she's human but the source of her comfort is in God and I know that when she has her moments she just go right back to the book and get encouraged by the word of God that tells her my grace is sufficient enough for you. When he is our source of comfort, saints, what we think we won't be able to face, we will. When God is a source of all of our comfort, what we think we won't be able to make it through, we will. When God is a source of all of our comfort, what we think we won't be able to handle or to take, we will. When God is a source of all of our comfort, what we think that we won't be able to look in the eye, we will. When God is a source of all of your comfort and you put your full weight on God and you let God know, God, I can't make it through this without you, God. I can't get through this without you, God. Sometimes God is looking, thank you, Holy Ghost. Sometimes God is looking to see how weak are you because the weaker you are, the more I can do, the more you are depending on me. The weaker you are, the more I know you are cry out to me. The weaker you are, the more I know that you will look to me as your source and nothing else. He is our source of all of our comfort. Ask yourself, what, who do I turn to? when I'm in trouble. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Because whatever you look or turn to in times of trouble is the thing or the person that you worship. There's ministry for our misery. Not only when we recognize that God is the source of our comfort and all our troubles. There's misery, ministry for our misery when we recognize that God comforts us so that we can comfort others. God is so intentional that he never wastes a single moment. God is so intentional and so strategic that nothing is ever done just by happenstance. Even in pain, there's always a purpose for the pain. Even in disappointment, there's always purpose in the disappointment. Even in heartaches, there's always a purpose in the heartache. He says, you suffered, you realized that the merciful Father has comforted you. He says, so let me flip the script so that you won't get the big head and think that it's always about you. 
I'm going to turn this thing around, and I'm going to allow your greatest miseries should be your biggest ministry. Nobody will be able to witness to a grieving parent like another grieving parent. Sister Michelle, Mr. Zetta can be able, Sister Ross and those who others that have lost children can be able to look another parent in the face and tell them, you can make it. What did they do? They took their suffering. They took their pain, they took their agony, they took their afflictions, and instead of becoming victims, they took it and placed it under the lens of the Word of God. And the Word of God showed them that even though you have cried tears, even though you have had heartache and, tra and tragedies and suffering, I will use that to make the biggest ministry opportunities for you to go and to comfort others with the same care and comfort that I've given you. Here it is, here it is, comfort. In the Greek, it, 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 it's more than just a soothing sympathy. It's the idea of strengthening, the idea of helping, and I like this part, the idea of making strong. So I go, and comfort others with the same care, help, assistance, and strength that God has been to me, I go and give it away to somebody else. So that what I have experienced and lived through in my life does not become a wasted opportunity. I take it under the lens of the word of God. And God is so intentional that he will connect us and put us in the right places around the right people for us to be able to share our experiences so that our experiences can be the help, can be the assistance, can be the strengthening, to be, to be the making strong for someone else to let them know you can be able to get through what you have gone through. Why? Because I've been there. I've done that. I've experienced. But sometimes people miss receiving the extended care because we don't trust folks. And when you don't trust people, you will never open up your mouth and say anything that you have need of. Which means you will never, you will never, you will never have real authentic community because there's always that mindset that it's me, myself, and I against the world and nobody gets let in. And we suffer in silence because we never let anybody in that can be the strengthening that we need, that can be the help that we need,
that can be the assistance that we need. That's why community is so important. Everybody needs somebody that they can be able to lean on. Everybody needs someone that you can be vulnerable with. Everybody needs somebody, need a group of people, of one person that they can be able to share with. Everybody needs someone that can be able to pray for you in times of trouble. Everybody needs someone in their life that can be their errand to help them hold their arms up when life gets overwhelming. But if we're the ones that have received the comfort of God, is stingy about giving away what we have received for free, that blows my mind. Folks that have went through all the food giveaways we've had in Southern Illinois, you ask them for a bean, they won't give it to you. But you got it for free. The same comfort that we have experienced freely, the gracious, merciful comfort of God that he has given to us and extended to us, we're stingy with giving it to others. Or, thank you, Holy Spirit, we make it challenging for people to be able to open up and to connect with us. Oh, God, I'm about to curse. Because we don't know how to keep stuff confidential. You ain't said no names in your Facebook post, but we all know who you're talking about because we all were there. We, I, I, we were there. You just ain't gave no names. We were there. We make it challenging for people to build authentic community with us because we don't know how to keep our mouths shut. We're good at telling other people's business, but fail to tell our own. And I'm not talking about the non-saints. I'm talking about the tongue-talking, dancing saints. Blood-washed saints, serving saints. Comfort is there, and they know that you have the experience, and they know that you have been through what they've gone through, but they fail to open up because they can't trust you. which in turn turns into a missed ministry opportunity, not because God didn't set stuff up, but because he can't trust you. And what a sad thing when God has the stage just right. What a sad moment when God has everything just right in the right place and he can't go forth and his power can't be displayed and his might can't be displayed and his grace and merciful hand cannot go out because folks can't trust you. So we got two issues that community may not be able to be formed because folks can't trust you and because we don't know how to be able to open up because we've been hurt by so many people. And it's hard to open up. It's hard to let you in because the last time I let somebody in, they destroyed my company. I pray that God will raise up people that will be that can be able to keep stuff to themselves, that can be able to be open for folks and be transparent with people, that folks can be able to really trust you. And I pray that we can have real, authentic community, not no fake and phony stuff and just say hi in church, but that we can be able to bear one another's burdens. 
Because in our greatest miseries, God will birth our greatest ministries. In the book of Acts, Acts 28, Paul is there ministering to some people and they have a fire and he puts his hand into the fire and the snake comes up the fire and the snake bites his hand. Paul is come. You all know the story. Paul is come. He, he shakes the snake off and the snake goes back into the fire. People are, they know, Paul, they know Paul's uh, 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 past history and his testimony. They're afraid. They say, oh my gosh, nothing happened to you. You're not poisoned. You didn't fall out. You didn't die. You must be a god. They're thinking everything. What is going on? This brother should have went out. He's not panicking. He's not screaming. Let me get bit by a snake. Oh my gosh, it's going to be something. Amen. And so he shakes the snake off. People are amazed by it and they're trying to figure out what's going on. Nothing happens. And then a few verses later, one of the guys there in the camp, the father gets sick and Paul goes and he lays hands on the father, and the father gets healed. Now they're all amazed. Oh, my God, who is this man? He touched him, and now he was healed. Word gets out about Paul healing this father. Now everybody comes out the woodwork, and they are healed by Jesus Christ through Paul. You all missed your shout right there, because what happened, the same hand that Paul had experienced a great affliction was the same hand that God had anointed to use to heal some. Somebody else, your hurt can be able to heal somebody else. Your disappointment can be able to heal somebody else. Your tragedies can be able to heal somebody else. It's all about how you see that thing. It's all about how you bring it under the word of God and make room for God to use your misery for ministry. So that all things can be able to work together. For not just our good, but for their good as well. So that he can be able to use whatever thing in life to be able to make himself known. And he received the glory, the praise, and the honor. I like what my good friend, Pastor David Behringer says. He says, God often uses what we've lived through to prepare us for what or who we are called. Man, can, 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 can we make this a life model that, 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 that God is using what you have lived through in preparation for what or who we are called to. So in essence, our lives in its totality, is not just about us. But our lives should be used as vehicles for God to transition us to who we need to minister to and to what we need to minister to. It helps us just that, just that, 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 just in those few words, it helps us to have a better, a better, a better assumption of what life is that is not just about us having nice stuff. Have the good stuff, but yet still, God wants to do something bigger within the big stuff. That God wants to use our lives, stuff that we have lived through, let me add this, or living through, to prepare us for what or who we are called to. That's huge right there because it lets us know that there's ministry in every last one of us in this room. 
there, there are stories of what we have lived through, stories of what we have gone through. Miseries, nightmares that we have gone through. But God says, I can turn that nightmare into ministry. I can take the thing that has broken you. I can take the thing that has frustrated you. I can take the thing that has made you stay up at night and use it for ministry. But are we willing to surrender our pain to the lordship of Christ, to the authority of the master, so that he can be able to use it to change somebody else's life. Are you willing to, to surrender your chaotic divorce that you thought that was going to take you out? And allow God to use that. To use that misery for a moment of ministry. Are you willing, are you willing, are you willing to surrender the issues of baby mama drama, daddy baby drama? Under the lordship of Christ for a moment of ministry. Can you use your bankruptcy story to be a ministry opportunity for somebody else? Can you use the most dreadful things that has happened to you and submit them to the Lordship of Christ and say, Lord, it hurt. I didn't like it. I didn't ask for it. But how do you want to use this for your glory? Oh, God, I pray that we all can mature to a place that when bad has happened, when, 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 when crazy stuff has happened, that we can say, okay, God, even with tears coming down our eyes, Master, how do you want to use this for your glory? Where is the ministry in this? first pregnant had a miscarriage devastated devastated because we thought it would never happen mad angry I wasn't looking trying to submit them to God I had a whole bunch of conversations with God God I know trifling parents how come they get to have kids why them I'm naming people God them 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 that one over there why they suck as parents. Why do they get to have kids? I'm just being real. I didn't give you no names. I just said people. Upset. Attitude with God. Went to a service. Holy Spirit said, just tell your story. I don't want to say nothing. Shared it. A lady came up to me afterwards. And she said, thank you. My husband and I have been trying 
and we're devastated because we thought that it would never happen for us. She said, your words were life. What was a bad experience for me, Brother Ben, was a soothing balm to somebody else. You don't know, we don't know how God, what God is preparing us for or who God is preparing us for. All we have to do is to submit my stuff. God, I didn't like it, but here it is. How do you want to use it and how do you want to use me to extend the same strength, the same comfort, the same care that you've given to me that you want me to give to somebody else. Pain makes us sensitive to the needs of others. When I hear of churches in transition, I pray for them because I know what it's like. I live through it. We live through it. <laughs> I pray because I know what it's like. I know what it is. I'm sensitive to it because the experience connects with me. You and I don't know who he's preparing us for or what he's preparing us for. All we know is he's working things together for our good and he's waiting on us to mature to the place to say, God, I surrender this to you. I give this to you, God. It was tragic. I hated it. It sucked. Here it is, God. Use it for your glory. So that it's no longer a misery, but that it's ministry. All of us in this room, you don't need a license, you don't need an ordination certificate. All of us in this room, there's ministry in us. There's ministry in you. Man, I don't know your story. You don't know my story. You got a story. You got No matter what phase in life that you're in, you have ministry in you. And God is waiting for you to surrender and to yield and to say, okay, God. Thank you, Holy Spirit, because sometimes what God would do is even in the midst of those moments, things that we have lived through, here it is. What makes it even more powerful of our testimony is that he heals us whole. And that we don't speak prematurely, but that we wait on the unction of the Holy Spirit to let us know when, when to do, when to say, how to say it, who to say it to. There's nothing worse. Someone telling their story, and they still got a little bit of bitterness in them. Takes away the effectiveness of the story. But there's ministry in You've lived through some stuff. God has brought you through some stuff. And he wants to use that as a stage for his glory to be known and revealed. Let me pray for you this morning. Father, in the strong name of Jesus. All of us in this room, God, we have some type of trouble. We have some type of affliction. We have some type of stuff that is either going on in our lives, has gone on, or getting ready to go on in our life. God, I pray now in the name of Jesus 
that we will surrender, that we will surrender, that we will surrender, that we will surrender our pain, that we will surrender our miseries, that we will surrender our agony, we will surrender our heartaches to you, God, so that you can be able to use them for ministry, Father. So that the, the, the comfort that we have received from you we can be able to share it with somebody else, God. Help us to realize that the thing is not just about us, oh God. Help us not to be selfish, oh God. Help us not to be self-centered, Father God. But help us to realize, oh God, that there's someone out there that needs to hear that they that because you that we made it, they can make it too, Lord God. Someone needs to hear, someone needs to see a survivor, Lord God, and what that looks like, Lord. It's not centered around us pulling ourselves up, but that it was you. That it was you that did it. And that it's you that's doing it. Father, I pray for those that may be in a domestic violence situation, Father, they don't think that there is a way out. Your, your word says that you provide a way of escape, Father. I pray that they won't believe the manipulations, oh God. I pray that they won't be the, believe the lies, oh God. I pray now, Lord God, that you would send someone their way, Father God, that, 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 that can be able to let them know they don't have to live this way, Lord God, that can be their, their exit plan, Father God. Let them come in contact with the Survivor Center, Lord. To know that there are resources, to know that there is help, to know they don't have to stay in that mess, God. We pray for the families of those, oh God, that have lost loved ones to domestic violence, oh God. Questions that they may never have answers to, Lord God. Lord God, I pray that you will be above. That will heal. That will heal. God, that will heal. God, that will heal those in our city, the young lady just a, uh, about a year or so ago that lost her life to domestic violence. God, I pray for her family, Lord. That they will see you as the source of their comfort, God. Not other things, not people, but you. I pray for women that are battling breast cancer. God, you are a healer. Whether you do it supernaturally, whether you use chemotherapy, whether you use medicine, Father God, you are a healer. And I pray, I pray for the mind of those women, Father God, that are battling this thing, oh God, that they, 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 they have so many questions, oh God. I pray right now in the name of Jesus that you will be their peace, oh God. I pray right now that you would give them a peace that surpasses all human understanding, Father God. I pray that you will be their shield, oh God. I pray that you will be their mind regulator, oh God. I pray, Father God, that you will be exactly what they need, when they need it, and how they need it, Father God. I pray that they will cling to your word and find and life in your word, Father God. I pray that you will build a network of community, oh God, a village around them that will support, that will pray, that will support, that will pray, that will encourage, oh God, that will support, that will encourage, that will pray, Father God, that will remind them of your word, Father God, in the name of Jesus that says that by your stripes that we are already healed. God, I pray now in the name of Jesus that as they're living through that thing, as they're going through that thing, oh God, that they will be vessels, oh God, that you can be able to use, oh Oh God, to let people know, Lord God, that there is victory. I pray for survivors that have made it out, God, that they can be able to 
encourage someone else that you are no respecter a person Lord God that you can do the same oh God I pray Lord God for those that may be fearful because they've seen something they touched something oh God and they're not certain what it is oh God but I pray that you will give them the grace to go to the doctors to get it checked out Father God I pray Father God that they won't allow fear to overtake them oh God they can lead to other issues God but let them take control of their health oh God in the name of Jesus and seek resources oh God oh God seek resources oh God as far as the right doctors oh God and that you will provide the resources needed Lord God to give them the best health that they can I pray oh God for our black women Lord God that may not get treated right in the doctor's offices oh God I pray right now in the name of Jesus oh God that our med prep students oh God that they will be the generation Lord God of, uh, 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 of doctors of colors oh God that will be able Lord God to treat patients regardless of their race oh God with respect with dignity and with honor and that will offer them Lord God the best health services possible oh God in the name of Jesus we pray for advocates oh God that will speak up Lord God that will go to board meetings oh God that will address certain things oh God in the name of Jesus to make sure that our women Lord God that our sisters oh God will get the best health care as possible father we don't want to hide behind prayer, God, but help us to use our influence to talk with the right people, Father God, that can help bring change. There's ministry in all of us, Lord. There's ministry in all of us, Father. There's ministry in all of us, God. Help us. Help us. Prepare us that people will be led to you, not to us, but led to you. That you'll use us as a vehicle to get them to you. And it's in the strong name of Jesus we pray. And all of God's people said, come on, clap your hands.